0: Welcome to the Courage 1000 Project, where each week we bring you inspiring stories from courageous individuals about the moments and experiences that have shaped their lives. I'm your host, Mellie S. the Story Collector, author, speaker, trainer, facilitator, videographer, award-winning photographer and entrepreneur. And I'm on a mission to help deep-feeling women reclaim their confidence, joy and purpose in life from a world that overwhelms their hearts, minds and souls. And this journey... It starts with courage. You see, after a lifelong struggle with my own identity, I discovered the core principle to reclaiming your life was courage. And it made me curious. Were there others like me? Were there others who had reclaimed their life through the secret of courage? What was courage for them? What did it look like? And where were their stories? And with that, the Courage 1000 Project was born. We're digging up the archives and bringing to you season one of the Courage 1000 project. Originally a web TV show and now available across all your favorite platforms. Let's get into it. Welcome to Meli S the Story Collector web TV. Here you'll find stories from courageous individuals who are standing up and sharing the moments and experiences that have shaped their life in the hope that it inspires you in your life as well. Now, on today's show, we have Stacey O'Brien, who is sharing the story of what happened with her first son, Finn, when he was actually born stillborn. Now, this story does come with a little bit of a trigger warning. However, this is a story of hope. This is a story of spiritual connection. So, yes, there is content around stillbirth. However, this is a story of joy and I am so, so pleased that Stacey had the courage to share this with me because I know this will inspire you in so many ways.
1: The story is important because it created me. Um, more than anything, this um, having my first son Finn and him being stillborn, um, it was sort of either going to break me or it was going to make me, um, and it really, really made me. Um, I, I'm not the person I was. Um, I totally, totally look at life differently. I have a we call it our fin-o-meter. Um, You know, it's it's like a, a radar that you know, if if everything's getting too hard, you sort of have this, well, how can it be harder than that? You've been there. So just get on with it. So even though we still do hard stuff, it it has that radar where we just sort of pull ourselves up a bit with that. Um, So that's, I'm very grateful for that because um, I probably just soldier on a little bit more than I used to. Um, But I work with an angel, you know. My son has made it extremely clear that this is why he didn't stay in a physical form because we just do so much work the way we do it now. So it it was part of the deal, you know. Um, The writing I do, I do it in the dark with my eyes closed, with a pen on on my chest, on the paper, and he drops words into my head. And we put those into magic for people to heal. So how do you say no to that? Like, yeah. It is. It's very cool. Like it blows people away how I actually write. Um, I've very, very rarely, I think I've only really written one chapter sitting up and actually putting it on the lines of the paper. Yeah. So all of it's in the dark and just channeled like that. Um, you know I've had nights where I've written pages and pages without ink in a pen and haven't known till the next morning and had to do lead pencil rubbings and you know it's and had to rediscover the writing so (laughs) or I've done five lines on top of each other you know and and had to rediscover what those words were because they were so important for people to to heal from so yeah it's kind of this internal sort of he just drops it into my head and he sort of does this, yeah, yeah, mum, I'll help people, write that down. So, uh, and that's been happening since three days after I had him.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, three days after I had him, I just had to piece it all together um, because there was something really funky that happened in the labour. I literally was senseless. All my senses were switched off. And I literally was having sort of groundhog day sort of thing. Um, and I would, I would, um, I had my mother on my right hand side here, pressing a pressure point. I had my husband giving me a glass of water on my left, and my sister at the end, and a nurse saying, "Oh, she's she's off the chops on the on the gas." And I'd sort of, "No, I'm not." And then I'd, I'd trip back into a circle and not come back out. Probably for about an hour, and wow. the same thing, the same thing would happen. They'd say the same things. And what was happening is each time I'd actually get there a little bit faster and say, just move the pressure point. Yes, I'll have the drink and no, I'm not, before they even said what they were going to say. Yeah. So I'm like, this is happening. Like, And all I actually was able to speak at that time was to my mother. I said, this is where it begins. And now I've gone back in and done this other big loop. Yeah. So I wanted them to know something's going on here that none of you have anything to do with, but I'm in this. (laughs) Wild circle, you yeah. know, um, and I just think Ben or whoever switched me off, so I let it happen yeah. um, because I would have fought, fought black and blue to for him to to live and to survive and breathe. Yeah, um, but I was just dulled to make sure that that didn't happen. Um, but we went on a wild ride as well. Yeah, so like. Three days after that, I'm sort of going, up. I had to ask questions. Was I having contractions? Yes, minute to minute, you know, for eight hours. So no, that's just the second half.
0: Yeah. Um, I was and having you had all the- no idea this was happening? No. Wow.
1: No. So I was only literally in that room or back in myself for, like, the, that moment or that minute every hour. Yeah. So I just literally had no sense. I didn't see I said, "Was my eyes open? Because I don't remember seeing anyone apart from that minute." And then I would just go out. Yeah. So it was just very, very um, wild, and that made me pick up a pen to just get in my head what what had happened. Yeah. And this this beautiful writing started to happen. So you know, a kiss from an angel was born. So from there, it was just like, well we need to take this out and help people with it. We did a 529-day book tour while I was pregnant with Marnie, our daughter, and came was, you know, one and a half or something. So, yeah. you know, we put a finger on the map and said, we'll have her in Adelaide, and we just took off. So, yeah. and we took this book to Australia, to the world, and, and we gave away hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of copies of this book. You know, yeah. at least 600-odd copies, um, that we, we'd meet people that had had the same loss and we'd just hand them a copy. Yeah. So, you know, and I love that part of it. I love the gifting part of that healing, you know. Um, now I've got e-ver- e-books that I can actually gift, and I love yeah. that part of it. To um, pass that message yeah. on further. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. So, you know, to continue to have, to tell that story, to share that story, yeah um, to share the connection I have with him now, wow, yeah you know he went nowhere and and to help people to feel that and to reconnect with that, uh I say often to people that it's very much like and I mean only a woman can feel this, but it's like when they're when you're pregnant when they're in you, you know they're there, you can sense them, kind of can't really feel them properly, yeah. You it's just like know. Them, you know their presence. It's that exact same feeling. Wow, that is it. That is absolutely it. Yeah. And it's learning to trust that that you're not just nutty, um, and that you 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 are. And see, what he has done is he's he's communicating back to me. So it's making me realise, yeah, I'm not as nutty as I thought. Yeah. Um. Or right, still on the radar, you know. <laughs> But but you know it's it's a wild ride. You know we can we actually communicate with each other and and he shares and he shows up. Yeah. So why would I not do it? You know it's definitely a much cooler ride. Yeah, it really is.
0: So did you, you know, know that he was going to be stillborn, or was this not at all? No,
1: no. I had a sixteen-hour labour, non-eventful. Um, he had. Obviously, some sort of stress where he did a really big poo and breathed that totally into his lungs. Oh. So his lungs just were not functional whatsoever. Yeah. They could not get oxygen into his lungs. So, and I'm grateful for the fact that he could have been really, really sick if we had have been able to get you know some oxygen into him. So I, I don't, I don't wish for him still to be here to satisfy my physical need. Yeah, um, I. Yeah, it's it's much better the way we we play now yeah. um, because it's 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 not tainted with illness or sickness or resentment. Really, you know, if you if you now are the carer of someone for the rest of your life, there has to be anger and resentment in there that you literally lose part of your life as well. So, yeah, I'm grateful that it all added to my life and didn't didn't take away from it for too long it took yeah. a while but it it for too long yeah um,
0: and how and was it like getting through that grief oh hell yeah hell absolute
1: hell i felt such a physical plane of grief that um it was like the umbilical cord was still attached to my heart so every time i try to sort of do any work to release him to let him go to try to lessen my pain It was literally like it was just ripping my heart every time I did. Um, And and I did a writing and burning ceremony with him with a photo. I wasn't going to get another photo. So I even burned a photo uh, and I I kicked his bum. I tell people with writing and burning, if if a soul has passed, don't treat it like, it's a hate list or it's a, it's an attack on them. I, this is my tiny little baby and I kicked his bum because he left Yeah. because there was anger in me. You know, I was, I was devastated so that I had to get rid of that. So it wasn't that I was hating on him. I was just handing him back what he could help me out with and take that off me, you know? And that's, that's the way I believe that he could do that. So, and he has, he absolutely has. Yeah. Uh, but there was a there was a real there was a really hard time of of even when I had my second son um, came, that pregnancy of just I hadn't learned how to make a baby breathe so for the last ten weeks especially mm. I was just like well uh, how do I learn that I knew it was a reality that we all walk around breathing so it happens but I hadn't learned it. Yeah. So I literally did not know, so there's all this confusion in my head of, okay, so do I choose a cesarean to be handed my live baby? Is that the solution, you know? Because um, I ended up having an emergency cesarean after 16 hours of labour. But it, that still wasn't a reality either, you know? It, it wasn't, so control sort of really came into that last 10 weeks, Um I even had to deep in the house. I had to give this new baby Kane a space because all the house was all full of fin photos. Yeah. So there was no sort of new fresh baby space to come to. It was sort of not a mall, but it was you know sleeping baby photos everywhere. So yeah. um, I had to ship that. I had to give Finn a room and then allow Kane to have his.
0: Yeah. Um, and did that yeah. provide any more grief, like having to go through that process of allowing space for the next child? Yeah, yeah, it
1: did. And and it it was not helped at the time um, by some of the hospital visits. Um, love love the midwives, they were awesome. This was actually sort of the, the head doctors and stuff where, you know, they, they wanna they don't want it to happen again.
0: Yeah.
1: And I was literally faced with up to 10 visits in that last, Whoa. Uh, but no, sorry, uh, twice a twice a week for 10 weeks. So 20 visits in that last 10 weeks was what I was supposed to have. Yeah. And I said, well, why? Because I'd done so much work to heal. I didn't want to feel like I was then back down into victim mode and, and that I was high risk, you know. Um, I wasn't blaming them, so I didn't. Need them to blame me, um, but I was told, "Well, if you don't want to do this, we won't blame you if it happens again." So those sorts of to put on a new mum. Oh, absolutely! Ten weeks away from having her second, hopefully live baby. Yeah. So it it was awful, and I work hard to make sure those things aren't said to people, and that that things that are on on paperwork aren't ever in people's face. You know, there are there are a lot of different things that. Um just not a, a a parent who's been through that should never see paperwork on their on their, you know, things written on their paperwork that's got anything to do with that they caused it. Yeah. That's just not productive for anyone, you know. And that may just be that, you know, that they chose a termination because the baby was already, you know, gone or damaged or whatever. Yeah. Um but the paperwork might literally almost say abo- abortion. So a parent doesn't need to see that next time they, they go in or a midwife stumble over those words next time.
0: Yeah.
1: It's devastating. So yeah. I work really hard to try to change that sort of language in that space.
0: And I you have know? I've made that mistake myself. I've had a friend who had a stillborn um, and yeah. I connect her with someone who would help her and misuse the word and said miscarriage. Yes. And it, yeah, yeah, unfortunately we couldn't really recover the friendship after that. And I felt horrible. And yeah, it wasn't yeah. on purpose. It was just a, not an understanding of how yes. that affects people.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And and that's that's why it's so important to change it and make sure it's more compassionate. It doesn't need to be a medical Writing, you know, it doesn't need to be that, you know, like even we've talked about the the, the termination word being changed, which uh, is uh, interruption of pregnancy. That's a nicer way to say that, and and it covers a whole heap of different things. Yeah, of you know that it, it was interrupted and and wasn't achieved. So yeah, yeah, you because know, you're in such a fragile state in that time. Yeah, so um so if
0: you've got a friend who's had this happen to them how would you approach that how could you help your friend
1: without
0: yeah. causing more pain well i
1: seriously thought after writing a book after being there after doing the work i do and and all the healing i thought yep i'm going to be the one that that knows how to do this and then was faced with friends that lost two tiny little baby twins. And there's no words. Yeah. So what I actually did learn was shut up and pass the tissues.
0: Mm, I like that.
1: Yeah. Literally the best thing to do.
0: Yeah.
1: There are things like um, saying, speaking the baby's name is gold to us. Yeah. Yeah. That you're brave enough to speak the baby's name is really, really important to remember
0: that that soul existed.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That it's not just a miscarriage or a stillbirth. It's, it's Finn, yep. you know, and, and that that's who we're talking about. We're talking about a, a person, yep. you know, we're not just talking about medical waste, which literally is a term that can be used. So uh, not for us people, but in, in hospital language, you know, that's literally what unfortunately happens so you want to make that more real and keep that real. Um talk about feel the person out. Feel out whether they do want to talk about some people don't want to talk about they don't want to see the photos. They don't want to really let anyone into that space at all because they're just totally fractured in it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's when you pass the tissues and just shut up and sit with them. And it's our uncomfortableness to sit in that silence, because that's where people do the oh you've you've got another another kid or you're young enough to have another one or you know that sort of thing. It doesn't matter. You wanted the one that you can't have.
0: Yeah.
1: So don't say those things just to get yourself out of the uncomfortable silence. Mm, yeah.
0: So that, it's not about making you feel comfortable
1: at all. It's just about no. yeah. you know, the amount of times I've 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 you know, told people and, oh, sorry. So then you're comforting them. You know, they go, oh, I'm sorry, sorry, I'm so sorry. And you're having to go do that. Oh, it's okay, it's okay. Well, yeah. yeah, you know, it becomes the polar opposite of what you actually started to try to do. Yeah. Um, so be honest. How shit is today? Ask them how shit is today? Is yeah. it a good one? Is it a bad one? Is it really crap? You know, have you eaten? Yeah. Just, just imagine yourself in that space and that you probably have not functioned properly for days or weeks and be real about just their personal needs. Yeah. yeah. Um, is probably the best thing to do and just sit with them. Yeah, just, just absolutely sit with them. Help them to capture any of the memories at that beginning time as well that, like for me, I had this sea of cardboard and dying flowers. Mm. So for me, I couldn't sit in a room watching other things die. So I'm here pressing and, and preserving all these flowers. And I made over 150 bookmarks with Finn, Finn's name and his birth date on it and gave them to everyone.
0: Yeah,
1: Because that to me felt like I was using the, the funeral flowers and everything like that in a way that was um, made sure he was in everyone's space. That's beautiful. That's really beautiful. Yeah, it was, it was really cool. And, and it gave me something to do. Uh, but it was definitely there was that feeling of not wanting something else in the room to die.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, there was definitely a heaviness of, of that part of it. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, the woman especially, you don't go back to work for a while. Whereas hubby goes back to work, you know, he's got a whole other world of stuff he's got to do that isn't, is totally different to me. And I wouldn't say it's any easier. Yeah. Um. It's different. It, he constantly is asked, "How she? How she? Not how you."
0: Yeah. Did yeah, you write well with in. your
1: husband? Didn't you? I absolutely did. Yes. Um. Yes. I wrote a kiss from an angel with him. I begged him and begged him. I said, "People want to know how the father feels in this space." Yeah. So, um, we took a big, big trip around us around the world actually, and um, did three months backpacking, which I was actually pregnant with my second son. So I backpacked for my first trimester, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> lugging 15 kilos on the back and probably working on kilos at the front. So, um, but yeah, he wrote his three chapters in a little tiny room in Egypt. Yeah. So it was very cool for him to just sit and he just had to, he sat one day and just poured that out on the on the table. And it's very powerful for, I've had, people women especially say i now understand where my partner was at
0: yeah
1: yeah yeah because, because as you um, said
0: yeah. us women we can feel it we know this has happened yeah. whereas men are just got they kind of it's that machoism of oh just get over it you're fine and it wasn't you it was her but it still yes. affects them it's still a part of them
1: yeah well you didn't know where they lost me too there was that time Time yeah. frame because he was prepped. We were prepped to go and okay, we're having a now. You know, Bob's under a bit of stress, and we were all prepped and walking to the um, the uh, operating room, and he was left at the door because something else, like you know, Finn's heart rate just totally dropped. So yeah. he literally was left hanging at the door, wondering whether I had died, whether Finn had died. So he, um, yeah, he was left in that really awful space. And unfortunately, even on the second labor with Kane, just was left at the door the same. So even though I had different things in my different pregnancies where it was like deja vu, yeah. he did too. So yeah. that second time he was left, even though he was about to go in, he just had to wait for a moment. He had to stand there in that space and revisit those feelings. yeah. Um, and no one knew about that apart from me later on when I found out that it had happened to him. Yeah. So, again, that's what I work with, with, with midwives to make sure that it's, you've got two people in, that you're looking after, not just... And they know that, but to give them that heads up of just how painful that past memory was for him to stand there in that, yeah, um, yeah to, to support him. Yeah. So from
0: the sounds of it, Finn has completely changed your life in oh, so many ways. And how yeah. do you use this now? How do you use this to help others?
1: I use it to educate well, to, to support the bereaved, you know, yeah. whether it be giving it, giving um, a copy of our book or doing healing grief workshops, uh, helping them to actually reconnect with that feeling of what what does it feel like now? How is that person showing up in your space now? You know, Finn uses kookaburras and he communicates that way really, really well. So you know, is it something? And trusting that, you know, that favourite song or that smell or that food and when it visits you and you think, oh, yeah, I think that might have been dad or whatever, no, trust that. It is, you know, it just is. And really trust your heart in that space because the the sooner you do that, the closer you get back to them. Yeah. So that would be something I highly recommend for, for anyone bereaved. you know, just to reconnect with the unphysical part of what that person was about
0: yeah Yeah.
1: um but then with midwives i I, write from two years after you know well basically we created the book within the first three years and since then um so 2005 um i have done workshops and trainings with midwives and shared my story but also listened for you know 15 years of all the questions they had for me, which then created the second book, which is uh, The Healer's Workbook. Yeah. I was getting this, asked the same sorts of things over and over and over. So I, I half of that book is, is written in that way to answer those questions. The other half is all self-care because the industry is so bad at caring for themselves. Yeah. So I work really hard for midwives to try to put themselves on the list you know, if, if you're a, a, a woman, a mother, a wife, and then a midwife as well, you've already got four things that you're down the list for. So um, it's putting them up, number one. Yeah. So that they care for themselves, so they can care for everyone else. Yeah. You know?
0: Beautiful. And just sharing
1: that really, I mean, I'm crazy enough to be even doing role-playing at the moment where I'm actually playing as if it's all happening again to yeah. give them such an in-depth, deep and really, really raw experience of what could be in that room.
0: Yeah.
1: And I'm really excited in that space to, to dive as deep while I can. I mean, I don't know how long this will last that I want to even do this, but at the moment it pushes all my buttons and, and I just, I'm sitting there with Finn. So I'm not in grief. I'm at work. Yeah. So I can, I can play in that space and hopefully help just so many people heal.
0: I love uh, it. I love it. Like, although it's been a heart-wrenching experience, it sounds like you found something so much deeper. And oh, totally. Yeah.
1: And, and I use that then in my, my other holistic health work. You know, I'm a masseuse. I'm a fitness instructor. I work with mental health and suicide prevention. And and I do all those things because I was real close. Um, yeah. And It's, I want to be able to help people detangle from that because it does not have to be the end of you. This soul has visited your space for a reason. You know, it made me a better mum. So if that's what Finn came as a job, he really achieved that. I, I'm not the best of mums, but I'm, I know I'm a better mum. I'm a less clingy mum to my other kids because I know they're only online
0: yeah
1: i know i they're not mine they're you know i i cross my fingers that they like me at the end of the day you know like (laughs) none of it's a given i i i try to just be the best me so that that is worth them sticking around so um and i try to help people detangle from all of the different emotional stuff of life you know grief's just one big one but I went through all of those emotions. Anger was one of the biggest, hardest, blackest times of, of my life. Yeah. But gee, I learned, a lot. I learned a hell of a lot about myself and, and my body at that time. So if I can share that with people, that's just what I meant to do.
0: And it's that time of the show where we thank our amazing sponsors for allowing Melia's the Story Collector Web TV to be what it is today. Without our sponsors, we cannot continue to do this amazing show and share these stories of inspiration and hope. So today I would like to say a huge thank you to Stacey herself, who has sponsored this show by giving you guys a copy of her book, A Kiss from an Angel. Now, you can download this book from the link somewhere around the screen here. So jump across, download that book, read her story. And even if the story is not for you, please share it onto somebody who you know it can help. Our stories have the capacity to change people's lives. So please find the courage, be brave, own your story and inspire others with it. We'll see you in the next episode next week, same time, same place. Love you guys. If you are feeling stuck and overwhelmed right now and are struggling to find your courage, jump over to melies.com.au to claim your free personalized insights and discover the three things you need to know to reclaim confidence, joy, and purpose in your life.